1: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of with Tamara Gondor. I'm Tamara, I'm your host. So excited to be here. Hey, listen, uh, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that everybody that comes on this show knows their everyday innovator style and they know it because it is really powerful. Your greatest competitive advantage is your ability to innovate creative problem solving, thinking differently, navigating change, that ability to adapt and pivot. That all comes from understanding how you innovate. How you innovate is what makes you unique and that's what makes you valuable in this hyper competitive and changing world. So if you haven't gone on to our website already, the link is in the show notes or the description, go on there and discover your everyday innovator style. Now speaking of styles, I have two incredible guests today with me with me today who are also from Spire Financial. This is the third part of our series. And as you'll hear, they have a little overlap in their styles, but also a little bit of difference. And you're going to hear it in the conversation. So let me tell you a little bit about their styles, so that you can listen for those nuggets of wisdom, not just in kind of everything they say, but how maybe it resonates with you and how you innovate and add value. So Mike is a collaborative inquisitive. The collaborative is all about pulling disparate people, ideas, experiences, nuggets of information together to create whole innovation. And the inquisitive side is all about digging deep, challenging assumptions. I always know inquisitives because they tend to talk to themselves in questions and everybody else around them, but they know that innovation is in the questions, not the answers. So they're always asking, well, how come we do it this way? Well, what's the purpose of doing it that way? While the rest of us tend to play on the surface, they wanna know why. And in understanding and digging into that why, they find incredible innovation. So the power in that combination for Mike of collaborative and inquisitive is bringing whole deep innovation to the table. So then you're also going to hear from Jessica, and Jessica is an inquisitive risk taker. So there's an overlap in that inquisitive, challenging assumptions, pulling back the layers of the onion. And then the risk taker side is all about innovating in the leap. So while many of us like to stay on the ledge and innovate here, risk takers actually almost need to leap and innovate as they go. Because of that, they tend to bring bold innovation to the table. So the combination of inquisitive risk taker, the magic for Jessica is deep, bold innovation all right let's get to the interview and let's hear all the incredible insights they have to share with us so i'm so excited to interview you two i know who you are but tell the world who you are and what you do
2: my name is mike kennevin i work at spire financial as a loan officer a branch manager an assistant regional manager which is the worst title ever Um, (laughs) i do loans i hire people fire people train people um, everything to do with loans and running a business
3: Nice to meet you again. again. <laughs> Good to see you again. Hi, I'm Jessica Howard. I am also a branch manager here at Spire, and I also do loans, uh, just mentoring my team, helping them be their very best every day, and and uh, yeah.
1: I'm going to start off with a little bit of a different question for you, too. When you get up in the morning and kind of walk through those office doors, what motivates you to to do your best and to to keep your A game on, especially in a changing world?
2: It starts at 4.51 a.m., feet have to be on the floor, alarm goes off, workout, and you get here and it changes everything. It oh. puts you in the right mindset to get mm-hmm. here and deal with exactly what's going on right now.
1: What it, kind of mindset do you think you need?
2: Um, not fear-driven, mm-hmm. not I'm not ready for today because I'm feeling, with I, I don't have energy, um, I'm worried about working out or whatever it is. Um, if you get up and get that energy going in the morning, put something good in your body, you, it completely changes your mindset in your day.
1: Isn't it amazing how what you do in the morning dictates everything yes. else in the day? Like it's incredible. But I'm guessing you don't hit snooze.
2: You can't hit snooze. Uh, I completely different from about 12 years ago before I had kids. I mean, I would watch the today show in my bedroom and wake up and slowly get to the office at nine 30 and now it's just not the case. Yeah,
1: I think the decision to get up happens the night before. So people who hit snooze because they leave
3: the decision to that morning, and that morning you never want to get up. So Jessica, what about for you? (laughs) Mine starts at about five oh nine. So you've got me by a few minutes there. (laughs) (laughs) But same kind of thing. Um, I made a made a decision. I used to work out a little later in the morning, and I knew that was the only time that I really had to set myself up for success that day. And so I made the decision to just transition to a little bit earlier in the morning, just get it out of the way. So when I'm done with that piece that so many people dread, I'm like, all right, I'm feeling good. Get my coffee going, family ready to go and whatever comes my way, I'm best set up for. For that day I love that we're sharing this whole conversation
1: with three morning people <laughs> like I love that that's how the conversation is starting because we're all so excited that we get up in the morning that we have to tell people about it I love it so much but I, I do really think there's a lesson in there that what you do in the morning sets you up for success or not right for the rest of your day or it can at least set the tone for how you tackle the day um talking about thinking or speaking of tackling, Your industry has experienced a lot of change and continues to. And in fact, we're all kind of sitting here waiting to see what the feds will do next and like what's coming next. How do you think about staying up to, not just up to date, but ahead of and and being able to lead others in navigating the changes that you're experiencing?
3: I think that's the most important piece for me is knowing that there will be change on any day. It is inevitable. And how are you best set up to adapt, change, guide people through it and minimize fear for people who don't know how to interpret what's going on. So I, I think that's how I try to keep my calm is knowing this is just another part of the cycle. We don't know what's coming other than it's gonna change.
1: Yeah.
3: Where, where do you wanna be? When that happens. I wanna ask you a follow-up question on that real quick, um, Mike, before you answer,
1: which is you said, you know, to help people who don't know how to interpret that change, mm-hmm. do you think they are just in kind of fight, flight, or freeze, right? The primal brain takes over, or like how how do you help someone who's kind of got that deer in the headlights when that change is all around
3: you? One, I do not exhibit fear myself. I instead say, Hey, this is this is what's going on in the market. This these are the things that um, I can best arm you with, with information and where I think it may be going, but it's going to be okay. So this is this is what we can do to minimize your fear, your whatever's causing the anxiety and just to help, this help this is what's going on in the market. Let's move through it and we will get through this.
1: Calmness, I think, is as contagious as manic. Like we always know like people who are like really manic about something that's contagious to people around them. But I think calmness is too. So I love that.
3: It's kind of a little bit of a... a a mantra if you will for my team. I just number one, what's the number one rule everybody? Don't panic. Besides loans are hard. <laughs> I'm put that on my
1: fridge. I like that.
3: Mike, what about always you? Always <laughs> panic.
0: You
2: know? uh, I honestly especially around here around spire yeah. is is team. I'm I'm a team guy. I've played team sports growing up and it's I'm always about being around other people, so when friction does hit, let's let's figure it out together. So if I'm freaking out, you know, Dan or Jess or someone's going to say, "Hey, you know, we're going to collaborate on what's the plan? How can we address this? We just had a talk for 45 minutes yesterday in our, um, in our regional meeting about what's going on in the market because it's yeah. changing every single day and the Fed announces real soon. There's gonna be another, you know, thing to address right now. So for me, it's all about team and collaboration.
1: Uh, You know what I like about that too is I think, and and I'd love to get your perspective on it since you lead it every day. I think the more we incorporate the people around us in that change or those decisions, the more buy in we have too, because their voice is heard. So it's not like, hey, Mike up on top is coming in saying, this is what we're going to do, but like, we're going to do this together. And everybody has, I don't want to say a say in it because, you know, sometimes leadership has to make decisions, but everybody has a voice in how you move forward.
2: Yeah, we have a huge, you know, Telegram group that we, everyone can speak up. You've met Turner and Matt, yeah. two of the smartest people you meet. And then Dan can run his hands through his hair and, and, you know, come up with something prophetic. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And, and then Jess here, um, she's educated on, on the industry so well that we can all collaborate yeah. and, and deliver a good message, but also mm-hmm. the, the loan officers that we're managing, they're teaching us something every single day. Cause they're on the streets sometimes more than us and Hey, we're hearing this, we're feeling this, what's going on with this and then we can all come together and, and make us all better.
1: What's a recent win or something you're really proud of?
2: Cash buyer program. I mean, we absolutely nailed it on it. It yeah. was one of the best, most timed products, I think, that that certainly I've ever been a part of. And, and my hands were in it with Matt and Turner. Um, it's just for what happened in the market with inventory and yeah. the buying um, environment, it was perfectly timed.
1: It was so competitive
2: brutal yeah it's changing every day but um so who knows we have to be smart enough to figure out what what's the next thing that can give us a competitive advantage
3: yeah right i that's where i'm focused today i feel like i'm constantly focused i think covid when covid happened i just i have so much a little bit of PTSD of being in my house secluded and talking people through the market and what's going on because the markets were all over the place and things were moving so quickly and people like the rates shot up so fast and then you couldn't get loans and no one knew what was going on. And I just remember how important it was to talk to people about this is what's happening in the market right now. This is what we can do, what we can't do. Mm. How can I set you up for what to do? Um, should you refinance? Not refinance. It was it was bananas during that time, and and now, I, I just I feel another huge swing happening right now. That's happening as we speak. They're probably talking right now about what they're doing. Um, the Fed, that is, and this is going to greatly impact the markets one way or the other. We don't know which way. How are we setting people up with information? How do we help them interpret what is going on? These big huge moves that have great ability to change what people can do with their finances. Yeah. How is it going to impact people who uh, again like God, have HELOCs, all these interest rates that are now going to go up, not just mortgages, yeah. all of these other things that are going to impact people. So, we have to be ready to adjust our strategy to help people put, help them be in the best position that they can be financially. I love this conversation. So, here's my follow-up question for you too is so
1: a lot of my clients will come to me and say, you know, we're struggling right now because maybe what we do isn't irrelevant, but how we do it is becoming irrelevant, right? I deal a lot in banking as well, right? In credit unions and community banks, right? They're struggling to kind of figure it out. But the other part that they're struggling with, and this is across industries that I work with, is their customer, their client is becoming more emotional, for lack of a better way to say it, because they're struggling with everything that's going on out there and what they're dealing with. And I think that's like doubly true, right? In your world, because you're dealing with mortgages, right? People's homes and And that whole thing is crazy to begin with. How do you think about helping your customers Understand and maybe even leverage what's going on around them when and I mean I'll speak for myself. I mean, last time I was at the grocery store, I almost lost my mind because bacon's at an all-time high. I was like, "You have got to be kidding me with all these changes, right?" And I'm feeding two teenage boys. So I'm like, "You've got to be kidding me!" But you know, but you get what I'm saying. Like, it's everybody's a little bit more on edge than they've ever been. And then you're adding in like we're talking about people's homes. So how do you how do you how do you think about serving your customer? Given right, there's a lot of heightened sense of well everything out there.
3: This is a great topic. If, if I'll, I'll answer this one a little bit. Um, I'm glad you brought this up because I think one of the most difficult challenges we've faced in the mortgage industry is the rise of the fintech companies mm-hmm. who are trying to put people like us out of business with an algorithm. We got you. We have this beautiful website and all you got yeah. to do is just put your information in and you're approved and done and go buy a house. And, and then I, I, I've been asked the question before of just, well, what I can do, what you do, because everybody's an expert now. Mm. And so, because that they have true, right? access to an online they Google portal, that. yeah, I, I know how to do this. And so, I think one of the biggest um, pieces I had to come to face with was what value do I bring to the table as a mortgage advisor? What do we do? Mm. Can this person do my job? Like, what can an yeah. algorithm do it for free? And there's a wonderful book out there. Um, now I'm not going to remember the name of <laughs> it properly. It's called Human Plus Machine, I believe. And it talks about um, the, we need both. We need yeah. the humans and great. we need the, the wonderful FinTech that is out there and they do a great job of it. It's pretty much perfected, but it's not the whole picture. So how do we get that information to our clients and help them interpret all of this data out there? Because you can read one website that says do this, another one says do that. They're being marketed to from other mortgage companies that are, again, just saying, oh, this is what the rates are, but they're not giving them the full picture. So how do we get them information that helps them make a good decision? So one
1: of the things I often talk about is the values on the information is in the insights, right? It's elevating the data and turning it into something. And one of the missed opportunities I think a lot of people make is they focus on the information. So here's your report, right? Here's the data. But what I love about what you're saying is, I don't need the data. I can get the data online. Truthfully, what I need is someone to help me make sense of the data, and I think that's true, whatever industry you're in. So, if you're out there listening, just think about in your world where you can add more value by doing exactly what Jessica's saying, which is add that interpretation to it, add the insights. Because I think that's, I think that's where the magic is for sure.
3: And the book touches on that too, about what what humans can do that a machine will never yeah. be able to do, and that's being creative, yeah. Yeah. bringing that experience and insight and being adaptable to those situations so so important for people to get that piece that's great insight so mike what about for you
2: yeah that commercial click button get mortgage the, <laughs> yeah
3: yeah
1: <laughs> i won't say
2: the name of the company but uh i mean it's 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 kind of changed a little bit our industry because yeah. that wasn't the case before you'd have to call around and get something so now one click of a button and you can have 50 people give you a phone call in about 65 yeah. minutes i mean it's crazy so like you said what value do we bring and it is in this market as this thing shifts from a seller's market only to potentially one of the better times to buy a house and how are you going to structure that deal Um, which agent is going to be used because right now the value of a real estate agent has tremendously gone up i've always believed in it but right now because Mm -hmm. seller concessions are going to come back as a thing uh contingent offers are going to come back into market it is going to shift the whole playing field as bad as it stinks right now. Um, it's going to level out a little bit and it's going to be a, a flatter market, which is going to make it better, I feel like, for us. Because you, the value you have to bring is, okay, yep, it's just a loan. It's just a yeah. mortgage, just a number. But what is that person going to do for you after you close? What are they going to do for you in one year when the, when the market drops, maybe in one day, and, they've, and I've already called you, locked your loan, and you now have saved this much money, whereas the other company – Forgets who you are. You're just simply a number, not a relationship.
0: You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on with Tamara Gondor Podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible.
1: I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff, Zoe, is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition, and I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality, and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality, full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy, but before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com. Link will also be in the show notes. And use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. So, Mike, I want to highlight something because you said it kind of quickly but i think it's a really important reminder for all of us is um things ebb and flow so when you said the real estate agent is becoming more important right i thought you were going to say the opposite because i was like what are you talking about i was on zillow yeah. this morning like i don't what do i need my agent for and i love my agent she's wonderful by the way so <laughs> when you listen to this i love you yeah um, <laughs> call me um but but it's a great reminder of like where the value is shifts in an industry or in a business. And when you think about it's important when your value is low to think about how to innovate and how to adjust. And it's a great reminder, though, that things are going to continually change and how you provide that value might change later as well. And I think we forget that sometimes it's like this is how it
2: is. Yeah. I mean, there's so many discount brokerage shops for real estate agents and a flat fee. But right now, if If you're looking at a couple different contracts you're not getting 50 of them on a house anymore right and it's not the bidding war is slowly ending so if if the value of an agent has gone up because they're gonna have to structure the deal differently um counters are going to become more common and there's just so much that is changing as this you know increase goes up in rates and this inflation keeps going up
1: so it's so interesting to me because this is june of 2022 hopefully i got my month and days right here but and if we had had this, if we had done this podcast six months ago, I feel like our conversation would be <laughs> totally drastically different, different right? Yeah. Like, it's incredible to me to think that in that,
3: how rapid the change is these days. I feel like it always is. And and I think that's why it's also important that we message with our clients and yeah. our and our partners that there's opportunity out there. No matter what stage we are in the cycle, no matter what the ebb and flow mm-hmm. is happening right now, there's always opportunity out there if you know how to stay with it as it changes. And um, I think I was talking briefly earlier about, um, I was working on a, I'm not gonna even, two one buy downs, all about the two one buy downs right now. And, and making sure I'm getting information out to people so they feel like this is my competitive edge now, thank you for the information, I'm gonna go with this, instead of being the last one to hear about these things that could help them in their business and help them get a home or whatever it may be. So, gotta be you gotta be um, not afraid of change, and you need to embrace it. That's what I do, at least.
1: So you know, um, you both kind of said this just now, which is that, that things change, but there's opportunity in each of the cycles or each of the sides of the coin, whatever analogy you want to use. And I think that's a really important lesson for all of us to remember, who want to be leaders in our world, whatever that is. Is that like we? I think we sometimes, and I know I've been guilty of this, particularly I think early on in my career, where I thought that you know, there was one way that it had to be for me to be able to seize that opportunity. But it turns out like there's actually opportunity over here in the ways times that look challenging, but their opportunities just are different, right? There's always somebody, I think, what was it? Tony Robbins who I was listening to and we were talking about the stock market and how like when it's a sell, sell, sell market and he goes, but somebody's buying. Right. So remember oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's not all one-sided ever. So I thought that was great. I thought
2: that was a great point. Coming out of the housing crisis, I mean, there were so many houses for sale, and there's foreclosures going on. Yeah, nobody was buying a house, except for the smart people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yes. Think about how and rich the people, people who
2: got. knew it was coming, right? Yeah, like, it's incredible. That's yeah. opportunity that no one else even thought of.
1: You know, I love. It. So I was just my sprinkler guy came the other day to turn on my sprinklers, and he works with a lot of real estate agents. And he said to me, "Tomorrow, whatever you're doing right now, stash your cash because it's about to come." And I just loved that this guy, like, who's doing my sprinkler, sprinklers, was like, "Hey, well, hey, it's cut, like there's a cycle, right? Think shift, so just be ready for when the shift happens." I thought it was so brilliant.
2: I loved it. It was great. It's like um, the crypto experts about yeah. <laughs> what a year ago.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. Uh, I want to flip it for a second. What obstacles have you
2: experienced and how have you overcome them? I think COVID was the the biggest one for, yes. for me personally. Yes. You talk about yeah. roller coaster. I mean, March 2020 um, is when the rates started dropping, right? So you, are, you can't lock enough loans. And then there's a little whipsaw in the market where we thought we we're going out of business. Rates went to five in like a day and then they came back. Yeah. And then we have to figure it out fallout and I mean, it was crazy. Then we had to hire enough people to keep our loan officers happy because there was so many loans to get done. So the obstacles went from rates are almost going down too fast and then it was too many loans. And now it's 2022 and the market went straight this way with rates and now it's like, okay, we got our new problem right now. So Mm -hmm. Ah. again, it goes back to the team. What are we gonna do? What are the most important things that we have to tackle each day? We're going to talk about them and then we're going to address them and not just, oh, it'll get better or whatever, you know?
1: And it's all the little obstacles you face along the way, or maybe they're big, but it's not one obstacle that then you fix and then you're done. It's a lot yeah.
2: of little ones. No, it's... I mean, and, they, and in the loan business, they kind of snowball. Yeah. It's like, right. sometimes you're, you're putting your finger in the boat hole right here and then you got another <laughs> one and you got another one, you get your foot up here and then all of a sudden, whoa, then the boat tips over. Yeah. So there's always something going on. That's
1: sometimes how I feel on a daily basis. Yeah. I put duct tape over here, but it made a hole over here.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. And um, that was, I think, the biggest challenge. And again, I'll go back to being able to stay armed with information and, okay, what are we doing? How can we guide our team? How do we help them understand what's going on so they can give their clients and partners information as well? To help everybody, not panic. Don't panic. <laughs> so, um, just kind of work with the work with what's happening. Let's get information out, and let's just roll with it, and and not let fear take over. There's, it sounds to me like There's a lot
1: of I don't know if a transparency is the right word, but sharing or disseminating of knowledge to people to help people make good decisions. Is that fair to say?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I just thought of this was when um, we were we were hacked. It was in the fall of 2019, yeah, it was before COVID.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it
2: was December, I think, of 2019. And I mean, we were shut down as a company, and it's happened, you know, to other companies yep. locally. And then, what was it, the gas line that got, the company that got hacked nationally. Oh, right. And I just, I couldn't think of the stress that they, got, they were under, because you didn't even know what decision to make at the time, because you're just under someone else's control, almost. So... Um, yeah, it was, I don't even remember my point of that, but
1: <laughs> I don't know, but it, it, it makes me think about the fact that like things, big obstacles come up all the time. And oftentimes they're the ones that we don't, well, I think there's two kinds of obstacles. I think there's the ones we don't anticipate like that, right? I mean, you're kind of ready for it, but you don't, you don't ever think it's really going to happen. We don't ever think when we shut down for a pandemic or for a hack or for like any of those things. And then there's a little obstacles along the way that we could have anticipated, but we chose to ignore Because we're like, we will just going to brush that under the rug for now until it becomes bigger than it needs to be.
3: I think it's important in our industry. I can't speak for any other industry, but there's always the next thing happening. Mm -hmm. And whatever it may be, cash buyer, is it um, all of the the cash programs that came out, all of the knocks and the we'll buy your house for you, the Zillow's that are trying to be market disruptors. And where do you want to be? Do you want to be? stuck to your old ways, of like, oh, my goodness. But this is how we've always done it. <laughs> like the worst statement ever, isn't it? When I got into the business, I mean, I used to tape candy bars to paper files to FedEx them off to underwriters across the country to hope to get a rush out of there. Like, that's <laughs> oh. what it was like when I started in the industry. And I mean, it has just, I mean, it's unrecognizable compared to then. So how are you yeah, how do you you change with that? It's every day, the guidelines, the what's allowed, what's not allowed, regulations, compliance rules, constantly changing, and and you can get left behind pretty quickly. And then add the FinTech companies on top of that who are so innovative and trying to take that market share. So
1: I think you both said it really well, though. So just go to the FinTech, for example. So... I think in some ways, in any industry, it's great to have disruptors because it forces you to change and it forces you to find your value. And um, one of the reasons why I wanted to interview your team Inspire, is because I think you've done a brilliant job of not just finding your value and settling in, but creating value for your customer and for your communities where maybe it didn't exist before. Um, and I think that's a really powerful place to play, but sometimes it takes a little bit of those kind of, you know, small piranhas on the edges nipping
3: at you to make Mm -hmm. you go,
1: okay, we're gonna, we gotta move and we gotta figure some things out.
3: I forced myself to get very comfortable with being uncomfortable (laughs) and, and, and being okay in that space and not letting the fear of, oh, we're over, we're finished, never gonna do another loan again someone's taking it all over. Um, and so I, I think it's important for me to have that mindset of like, it's okay, we're going to we're gonna do things a little differently now. What does that look like? How do we change and, and make it worth it? And um, that's, yeah, being being okay with being uncomfortable. So uh, let me ask you, uh, sorry. I, know I was going to
2: say, when yeah. you said sweeping things on the rug is what I've learned as in, in leadership is that that can be a problem. If you don't address, like, you have to yeah. read the room and you can't have react to everyone, you know, every little freak out. But if somebody, uh, an employee is giving you some signs and you don't address them, and then two months later, you get that resignation email in your email. I mean, so each scenario is different, of course, but that's one of the things that I've learned a lot over the last, what, eight years in leadership is you got to figure out which one's, imp- which issues is important and then deal with it right away. And yeah. absolutely not sweep on the rug or it'll fix 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 itself
1: yeah in a way that you don't want it to correct yeah that's yep. the problem with under the rug yep. let me follow up with a question on that um because you kind of talked mike you're kind of mentioning leadership there and i think that's a really important lesson what are kind of your top lessons in leadership um that are, are you think are important for other people to understand about today's times versus maybe how we led five years ago
2: I mean, it just changed is the biggest thing. Like I still do loans. I think I'll always do loans, as scary as that is to say. <laughs> um, but, you know, my feet are on the street with the LOs too. So yes, I have different other roles, but I still, when I lose a loan for whatever reason, it hurts me as bad as it hurts another LO, like just that deep pain of I just did all this work for someone. They used me and now they're they're working with a different lender that, you know, has it doesn't bring the same value as us. You know, so what was the rest of the question?
1: Just about lessons of leadership, I think today versus five years ago.
2: Oh, right. Yeah, well, or for, even two years yeah. ago. I mean, for us before we were we were a broker, right? And yeah. now there's a slogan like brokers are better. And it was simply, here's what I got and that's it. Here's my rate and that's it. Whereas now we have cash buyer program. We teach uh, CE classes to agents. We keep coming out with more and more things that bring the value our follow-up program after a loan closes what do we do um how can we bring the most value to the agent and to the um, buyer and to our employees i mean that is what's
3: changed quite a bit big time yeah 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 i'll I'll agree with that um again just just keeping the Keeping the fear low. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, doing my best for that.
2: What's gonna scare us today?
3: Yeah, yeah. exactly. What's yeah, gonna scare yeah. us today? But I'm not gonna, I'm not going to put that out into the world because it doesn't help.
1: Well, I think that's really great advice though, because I uh, I think that fear keeps us from making good decisions, but also you just can't manage forward, right? When you're coming from a place of fear mm-hmm. and the. The cha- you know, we've always, in the innovation space, we've always talked about change right, as part of the world. It's true, it's, it's always been around. But the speed seems so much faster than it ever has that if we let that fear take over us, I think we would just be paralyzed all day long, really. Mm-hmm. And I think if we lead people from fear or to not look at change as like, yep, here it is. Here it is again. And once again, um, we do them a disservice because they can't do their jobs well either.
2: Yeah, it's funny thinking back a few years ago where you'd get a 30-day closing. Yeah. Before that, it was actually a 45-day closing. Mm-hmm. And then now everything in the world is instant. instant. Instant, right? Social media, everything is instant. Now mortgages are supposed to be instant. Yeah. Can you close in 14 days? Like, it's not fun for everyone, but of course we can. Yeah. So now leading huh. is different five years ago to now is like we got to get these things done and we got to be as efficient as possible. And our poor little underwriter or processor, I'm like, I'm sorry, but, you know, there's nothing else to do other than close this loan in 13 days. (laughs) So it's a lot different than it used to be.
1: Well, it's kind of, I think, too, that part of that is, I mean, we're just, we have a tension span of goldfish these days. But also, you know, you are only as good as your customer's last experience in any industry. So if I shop on Amazon and I get something the same day, even though that was a, Beauty product that I purchase, I expect you as my loan officer to give me a mortgage the same day as well, like or a loan. So it's it's everything trickles out to everything else now. There's no like, oh well, this takes this time and this takes that time. And I'm not saying that's good or bad, but that's the reality of the world that we're in. So the customer service
3: over here in um, the shoe store that I buy is amazing. I want that from you too. Right. Well, and I think that's really important. You bring that up. Um, I I think it's important that we shift. The mindset around mortgages yeah. that this isn't an Amazon product. Yeah. This is, this is a financial tool that mm-hmm. should be tailored to you and your goals. So how do we uh, get people to understand that, that this should take a little bit of time? It shouldn't be just push button, get mortgage because everybody's a little bit different. And so how do we align your financial goals with your mortgage and, and make that part of the complete package? Mm-hmm. And so that's where I think That's the value we do bring to the table, I think at least, is helping people understand that component. And you shouldn't just quick, 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 done, done, who has the lowest rate. She is the king,
2: queen, of the 14-day close, so I'm <laughs> gonna do that I, mean, I do, serious. but yeah. we've done I'm our due I'm gonna remind diligence. you about next week, when I, she's um, like, I gotta close this now. You
3: know, so I like, don't mean it should take 30 days. You said slow down. I don't sure. mean it should take 30 days. Yes, but yeah, he's like, you said yeah, take yeah, longer. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. No, but it shouldn't be, um, you sh- it shouldn't be void of, of of advice Yeah, and, and taking the time to really look at the different options and not just pick this one thing. I think that's a great lesson for all of us in how to inform our customer of what they're really
1: purchasing and how they really should be purchasing and where they should get their value. Um, what advice do you have for other leaders and innovators out there who are looking to do what both of you have done so well, which is not just lead through this chain, change, but really find places of value?
2: One of the things I've learned is, is patience. Mm-hmm. You know, Sometimes you just have to close your door, take a deep breath and you know, kind of think about it from the other person's perspective. Like Jess and I will get into it on something. She might get frustrated like, with me. Rarely. And then I have to think, I'm like, okay, well, if I was on the other side of this, you know, mm-hmm. how how would I, like, Dan is a perfect example. Dan, you interviewed him before, <laughs> like, him and I could not be more opposite in our personalities. But yet, we get compliments all the time that we're a really good fit for working together, right? But when he's on one and, and talking to me, and I'm like, like, I, I have to start thinking like he would think so that I can adjust. And then I can mm-hmm. form an argument if I want to. But that's the key to bringing value and bringing growth to, you know, people that might be insecure, especially right now, um, scared or just need some direction. And that's where I I feel like over the last few years, it's really dawned on me that you can change somebody's life. You can change what they think by being a good example for them. And also just showing them, hey, here's what I did. You just gotta tweak it into your own personality and then go and, and, and see what, how your life can change.
1: So I love the two things in there, patience and perspective. So I just want to kind of reiterate that for the audience because, right, patience with people, like everybody's got a lot going on. But that perspective part I think is so keen, the part that we often miss is like, well, hold on. Let me me seek to understand why they're getting riled up, why they feel passionately about this, um, why they come from this perspective, why they're arguing with me, whatever it is. And I think if we can put ourselves, truly put ourselves in their shoes for just a little bit, maybe we'll learn something, maybe we'll, like, it'll strengthen our thinking. And maybe we can help them evolve their thinking, because we understand where they're coming from. And I think too often, we're like, two brick walls going at it, and nobody wins, because nobody's bothering to spend the time to understand where the other person is coming from. So patience and perspective, I'm gonna write those down on my sticky note on my desk, and I'm gonna remember those. Those are good. Yeah, my
2: wife will argue that, you know, she'll laugh at patience, because we have four kids, and I'm not always patient. Right? (laughs) But in coaching I didn't, hockey, I didn't say we're all perfect. <laughs> yeah. I
1: didn't have the yeah. third P in there. I'm just saying <laughs> you try to be patient. In right. coaching
2: youth hockey, they have a twenty four hour rule. So if a parent has a problem or a question or something for the coach, they have to wait twenty-four hours to after oh. the game. So you can't wait twenty four hours to talk to a loan officer or whatever, but you can at least take a, a second to think about it. Yeah. Of, you know, yeah. calm down, think about it, both sides, and then talk.
1: That's my email rule by the way. You know when you <laughs> get that email that riles <laughs> you up? Like I'm like twenty four yeah. hours before I respond. Yeah. Usually I don't write the same email that I would have written right away. So right. it works. Yeah. What about for you? what's your advice, Jessica?
3: Um, I would say agree with with Mike completely. Um uh, the education side is is so important as well. Yep. And whatever your respective industry is, are you at the forefront of it? Are you reading up on it? Are you very well versed in new technologies and, and whatever's coming out trying to disrupt your, r- disrupt your industry? Are you absorbing information or are you sticking your head in the sand because this is how it's always been done? And so I think if you're not on the forefront of that, you are going to find yourself watching watching it take off in front of you. Yeah. You're end up on, in the stands, just yes, like. exactly. Wishing so, you were on the field. Just, just being very intentional with yeah. carving a little bit of time out in your day and making sure you're in the know. Patience, perspective, and paying attention. There you go. You.
1: So good. There you That's go. Great advice to end on. So let me, I know we're kind of, I can't believe we could go on for hours, but we're out of time. So let me ask you one last personal question, which is what's something we'd be surprised to learn about you? Oh. Obvi, passion, experience. <laughs>
3: Oh, that's you want to go first? No, go You're for waiting it. to see o- okay. I'm a big sci-fi nerd. Yeah. I'm very sad that I'm going to be missing out on used to be Denver Comic-Con, but mm-hmm. it's actually going to be uh the Denver Pop Culture Con. If you uh write down there, and one of the most fun things out there. So yeah, big sci-fi nerd.
1: So perhaps we'll talk about the fact that I've gone multiple years in a row and I have several outfits for that. So, <gasps> we'll talk later. <gasps> yes, that's
3: lovely. <laughs>
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, I would got? say <laughs> as, like I don't mind being completely by myself, not talking at all. Oh, I'm not I wouldn't yeah. say I'm an introvert, but there are times where I just it's it's okay to be quiet. I remember my dad telling my mom yes. one time we don't have to talk all the time (laughs)
1: because
2: all she does is talk. And I'm like, you know what? I'm turning into my dad and it's okay. We don't have to talk all the time. Do you
1: find, I just have to ask you this. Do you find that sometimes that's uncomfortable for other people? Like, so my, my partner is like that where he's perfectly happy and he lives on a ranch right in the middle of New Mexico. So he's like, I'm perfectly happy being alone and I, but I, or not saying anything. So like if he's driving in a car with other people, he's perfectly happy not talking. And other people are like. I need to feel the air, you right. know.
2: Do you find that sometimes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I drive my mom to the airport, there's not a second that she can't be talking. Feeling the air. <laughs> God bless her heart. She's the best. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, it's okay. We can let's listen to the song. It's okay. It's,
1: it's funny because awesome. I always, I always envy people like you because I feel like you have probably have more peace of mind than people like me who are like all the time. Like you can just be. With yourself, and I'm like, I must speak to people all the time. So
2: it's usually because people are in my office all day long, you know, mm-hmm. asking questions. Or, yeah, yeah. And you're like, i are on the phone away. all day long, so it's just nice to just. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, I've been going the the path that path.
2: You were on that. path?
3: I, I just um I grew up in a very large family, oh. and so it's blah, 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 constant, constant, and that's how I thought the world worked. Yeah. And so if there wasn't noise and chatter, I'm like got a little anxiety. Yeah. And so now I'm like, oh nobody's talking to me for a little while. Maybe, maybe <laughs> so we I all respect that. get there that. one day. <laughs> hey, well, thank you both so much. This
1: has been just a wealth of information, but more importantly than that, I think insights um, and some real understanding, not just about your industry, but how to think about navigating through. I think a lot of the challenges and opportunities uh, a lot of us are facing in different ways, um, but through the lens that you guys do every day so well. So thank you so much. Cool.
2: Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.
0: Congratulations, by listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator digital magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips. 24-7. Tamara will be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listens, bigger impact. Until next time.